Hello. Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to the Nerd Out Loud podcast. My name is Jeremy. Oh, wait. Sorry. Where we were talking about the things that we nerd out about and you nerd out about and everybody nerds out about. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Christy. And we have a very special guest today. Hi. <laughs> it's a returning guest. A returning guest. Oh, my God. <laughs> Less drunk, more sugar high this time. Absolutely true. We just went to Winco and raided the bulk food section. Y'all, I got a pound of Nordic fish for two eighteen. <laughs> we spent five dollars and have forty five pounds of candy. No regrets. Conservatively, yeah. no regrets. Yeah. Hashtag. No the returning regrets. guest being our, Courtney, our, everybody's favorite of five, <laughs> five first dates. Oh god, <laughs> that was me. Of champagne Hi, drunk road trip episode. Oh, yeah, Christmas day. That episode is where we debuted my uh, accent. Please, Jeremy, don't, don't do it. I said you <laughs> well, need to decided, workshop it before it gets... We decided last week. Oh, I need to go turn the heat off so it's not yeah. uh, going to be making a bunch of noise. Talk, for, talk amongst yourselves. Awesome. Okay. So Courtney's so. back. Hi. And strange enough, we're also going to talk about sex again in this episode. It is something I nerd out about, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> so actually what we're going to do is kind of have a brief uh, review of last week's episode which has already exceeded our download numbers in the first like three days that it was posted of any of them Mm -hmm. and that's probably because of the hot topic uh thread on jeremy's um thing that's growing like it has even more comments now and i I really can't lead this I think you're doing a great job. I think okay. you're doing fantastic, yeah. All right. No, it's one of our most downloaded episodes so far. Yes. The only other one that has um, more downloads is the one that um, has the word orgasm in, in the title. So right. I think it just catches people's eyes when they're looking <laughs> Maybe we should have called it Orgasm episodes. with Jesus. Yeah. Because oh. then we get the people looking for Jesus stuff and also dirty. Maybe dirty hot anal sex with Jesus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that you escalated quickly. Went to a dark Sorry. place. <laughs> a really Very dark fast. hole. Very fast. The brown place. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, exactly. we figured it might be a good, um, fun, happy idea to have Courtney on because she... Um, Relates totally like because she was raised in the same... Myself. Yeah. Has a little bit of a Do you want to give your a little, little, little snippet of mm-hmm. a background? Um, yeah, sure. I grew up in um, Texas. So, very Southern conservative Christian culture. And... My parents split when I was 10. So there was like a very much like a lack of structure at home. And the closest church was the Baptist church. And so I could walk there. So like I didn't need a ride or anything. And so there was like really open access to that. And so I started going to church um, when I was 10. Like so late. By yourself, right? By myself. Yeah. Nobody else in my family went. Um, So really like held on to the culture and the beliefs that I was taught there and just like really clung to it and defined myself by it. And probably up until like my mid twenties, I would say that was my world, like the church. Um, but it was a Baptist church. So it was a little bit different than Jeremy's. Like there wasn't speaking in tongues. Like the Holy spirit was really moving. If you held your hands up during the song portion of the church service, I mean, you really felt the spirit move if your hands were in the air. Yeah. If we if we weren't doing like a Jericho march <laughs> with with shofars around <laughs> around Queen Anne, then it wasn't a successful Sunday morning. <laughs> um, 
We had to be careful with the swaying because it could easily have turned into dancing and dancing yeah, you can't is dance. not yeah. allowed in the Baptist church. We don't do dance. There's an old joke my, in my denomination, the one that I grew do up in. Do you know that joke? Um, why why Baptists don't have sex because it could lead to dancing? dancing. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's always interesting. Like a Baptist wedding is always very like just bizarre because there's no liquor and no dancing. And I'm like, what kind why of reception? Why it? Yeah. yeah, just go to the JP and get that shit over yeah. with, and go get some finger sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, little tea yeah. sandwiches. Save your money. Yeah, whatever. What have you? Um. Uh, so we also, as you listened to last week's episode, so you no. know we start out every show with about twenty-five to thirty-five minutes of documentary talk. Okay. Have you watched any exciting documentaries lately? Um. I have been really busy with watching House of Cards season two. So a little short on the documentaries. I was really like the last House of Cards that. isn't a documentary. Oh, my God. I, I was just telling my dad that two oh. seasons of House of Cards. <laughs> I felt like I know more about the the actual workings of the U.S. government than I ever did. House of Cards. And I was a political science wing. minor Boom. in college. So that says that's a little terrifying. Yeah. House <laughs> of Cards plus the West Wing equals my total government knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, last month because of some stuff that was happening at work, I was watching a lot of food documentaries. So like, um, forks over knives, super intriguing. Yep. Um, no wonder you became vegan for a month. For a month. Yeah. And now I'm eating Nordic fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, how was being vegan for a month? It was good. I don't know. Yeah. I really like cheese. So that was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheese is good. I mm. love, I love milk and cheese, but I have weird guilt about drinking and eating it because Mm -hmm. they treat those animals like shit they treat them horribly yeah horribly i have some friends at work that are vegan and one particularly has been vegan for like 10 years and so she just she teaches me things and i then i can't unlearn them Mm -hmm. and so like i've actually tried to cut dairy out of my diet but i mean i was in texas last week and like you just can't say no to like home smoked brisket so i eat meat yeah when i was doing paleo the cheese part was the only part that was hard Mm mm-hmm it is. It's hard. You can't eat cheese on paleo? No. Cavemen didn't make cheese? No. No. That sucks. <laughs> it does suck. <laughs> but, yeah. Veganism. It's fun. So, Baptist. And then you went to... You continued on to college. Yeah. I lit- I mean, I was, like, in it to win it. I um, felt called to the ministry, and so I was... Wait, wait. Yeah. Does that sorry. Mean? Called to the ministry. Um someone called you? i felt this right jesus called me and he was like hey girl you need to be a minister and i was like but i'm a woman i can't do that um because in my denomination women were not pastors um anyways that was a really bad joke so um <laughs> <laughs> jeremy got it <laughs> i i'm still, yes! okay, still so hung up on who called you being called to the ministry jesus. is like this you feel this. So earth. basically you just wanted to do something and then everyone says that Jesus told you that you wanted kind of. to. Yeah. Um, and so like I, I really loved youth ministry. I really loved hanging out with high school students. Like so all through co- I went to Baptist college, studied religion all through college. I helped out with like during the summer I was a youth intern at my home church. I did weekend retreats with them. I just kind of did everything that I could. Um, and then my senior year I just kind of was like. I'm I'm over this. Like I don't want to do this anymore. But I was a senior in college studying religion, so mm-hmm. I just finished that <laughs> and then worked at Starbucks. So, um, yeah, I think there was a lot that played into that. But that's kind of the brief synopsis. And you said you said that you listened to 
the episode that we put up last week. Yes. On the way over here. And you had some thoughts on it. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I think, like, I still believe that the church could be a good thing, but I don't think, the. I feel like the majority of church is not healthy. I feel like it's, stereotypically, it's run by, like, narcissistic people, specifically men, and so you're not allowed to be broken, and I feel like church should be the one place in the world where it's okay for you to go and be not okay, but that's not the case, and so when you come and you're honest about where you really are and people try to actually like tell you that you can't be that way, that's abusive. Like that's an abuse of power when people are telling you that who you are isn't okay. Um, and they're saying it from a place of authority uh, and, and not even from authority, but they're saying it from a place of spiritual authority. So they're basically saying that God is saying who you are is not okay. Um, then it has this tendency to make people pretend to be something they're not because how can you say that God is wrong? So, you follow along it's very it is very cultish in a lot of ways like if you're not allowing people to fully be themselves and you're expecting them to be something else and then when they don't fall in line with that they're punished in certain ways they're ostracized they're cut off from the community that is a cult um so there's this spiritual abuse that's happening i think in a lot of churches that people aren't recognizing and and those who are being abused are not coming forward because they don't feel support or they don't know what what's happened i mean like what they Jeremy don't know getting, that they've been abused yeah they don't know that they just know they don't way. feel right well, and there's like mm-hmm. this at least in in a lot of the cultures that i was a part of in christianity there's like this built-in thing that automatically shames people mm-hmm. that do speak out about that stuff absolutely and, and says that there's something wrong with you yeah and you're bringing it on yourself and you just have this like like i heard so countless sermons uh, about the victim spirit and mm-hmm. about how you would take on this victim victim mentality and it it caused everybody around you to treat you like shit basically like but it was your fault it right. was your fault for like taking it's called that on. victim blaming mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and that happens like in any form of abuse like in, like in cases of like women being sexually assaulted it's always this conversation of like well she was drinking was she, what was, was she, she wearing yeah. was she walking alone it's like it doesn't matter was she asking to be assaulted in such a yeah. way no right. therefore it is not her fault like it's the same way like it's it's the exact same way with spiritual abuse like you're asked to fall in line and then you don't but it's your fault that you're ostracized even though what they're asking of you is harmful so yeah i just well then it's in some of these churches like the one jeremy talked about and also when we were talking about mars hill they kick it up in a level because you should be able to not go to church if you don't want to yeah it's called healthy boundaries yeah and then if you decide to not go anymore and people start stalking you and tell tell your support system to cut you off. Mm-hmm. That's way out of line. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I think that's a sign of I would say mental illness, but maybe that's taking it too far. I don't really know. Well, but. and I don't understand because the people that go to these churches, do they not read these stories or I mean, they've all gotten these emails mm-hmm. like um, Jeremy's girlfriend had yeah. gotten, do they not see that that's not okay? I think there's this level of blissful ignorance of like wanting to belong. And so you'll do anything to belong. So just, well, and they do yeah. a really good job of, of explaining it biblically. Like they, they, I'm sure they, they do feel like they can find support from the Bible mm-hmm. for it. And, and anytime you talk about like 
something in church like oh i can't remember what it was what we, i think it had to do with the whole duck dynasty thing it was another facebook Lord. fight that i got in with people but i was because i was talk, talking about like anytime you talk about being offended by something that like christians come out in like some bigoted way and speak against homosexuality or whatever if you talk about how that's offensive then they always like jump to well the gospel's supposed to be offensive like no the gospel is supposed to be inclusive and loving yeah well i know i'm just that's, and that's, that's the offensive part right yeah, yeah. i mean i heard i heard a sermon from mark driscoll talking about how basically like if you don't have he literally described it if you it was he was speaking to a bunch of pastors at a pastor's conference and he said if you don't have a pile of bodies behind behind you know your church then you're doing something wrong because when you're leading and being christ-like and doing godly stuff it offends people and sometimes that means people fall off the bus and you just got to keep on going. <laughs> I just feel like Mark Driscoll and I serve two different gods. <laughs> yeah. I just because the Jesus that I read about was like very. He was a pacifist. Like he never rose a hand. He never harmed anyone. He like he spoke about love and acceptance and and caring for the poor and yeah. the orphan and the widowed and. It, well, and the people that he was offending were the religious leaders. Yes, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the people. <laughs> yeah, like the offensive things he was saying was. Um, sell everything you own and and follow me and give money to the poor and they were like no i don't really that's not really gonna work for me like yeah yeah. so it just it doesn't make sense to me so that's why i don't belong to churches anymore you don't go to a church at all right now no makes my family nervous (laughs) my family and i it's very weird nervous it's very weird because my family and i have totally switched places so like my mom and stepdad are very very my stepdad's very spiritual and my mom is is very spiritual and there's i i don't know if it's like the southern sense of like going to church to belong to the community i don't know my brother somehow along the way like turned into this conservative republican christian man and i'm up here in the pacific northwest now and i'm just like this liberal hippie tree hugging kind of person that doesn't go to church and every once in a while my mom's like well i'm just praying for you and i'm like okay (laughs) hope it makes you feel better mom like i'm feeling good about life yeah yeah when people say they that they're praying for you remember i had that i thought that was like a little weird to, remember i was asking like do they say that because it makes them feel better i t- i absolutely think they're telling you that they're praying for you and are they really doing it i don't I think probably some, i think some sometimes i think sometimes i'm cynical enough to say no they're probably not but they want you to think that they are so that that you'll feel ashamed or sometimes something. it feels attacking mm-hmm like I feel like sometimes it doesn't actually let you be who you are. So then it just feels like I'm back in that system of oppression again. And I'm like, if you actually want to pray for me, then just pray for me. Like, you don't have to tell me that you're praying for me because once you tell me you're praying for me, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. I don't care at all. But if you want to do that and that makes you feel better and you feel like there's actually a difference being made, then blessings to you. Go ahead. Say your prayers. It's fine. But you don't have to tell me you're praying for me obviously passionate about that <laughs> i have we'll feelings about that. <laughs> we'll take a little we'll take a little prayer break and I always lay hands on courtney I and get off me i always tell um jessica to to ask baby jesus for <laughs> stuff for me <laughs> <laughs> because remember i had that thing remember we had that group text and your mom was like seeing all these Christian things and I would text your sister and be like, okay, what does this one mean? <laughs> and then I'm like, is this one do, or I said, cause we were having a court date and I was, and I was like, Jessica, is it okay for me to say, um, please 
please talk to baby Jesus at 9 a.m. <laughs> on this date? And she goes, I think you can just say um, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> but I don't want to. I want it to be baby Jesus specifically. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I want to be granting my wishes. That's how it works, right? He grants wishes. Absolutely. Okay. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> yep. That's what I learned in Sunday school. Does he live in a lamp? No, am I mixing up stories? A manger? Manger. Feed trough. (laughs) Feed trough in a barn. Kind of like a lamp. So one of the things that sponsored this whole idea was there was a Twitter account, right? Was it you that started following it? It Yeah, I started following it. Is it it an organization or is it just a Twitter account? It's a Twitter. It's a, like a, it's a Twitter, it's, I don't even know. It's a social media thing this person started. It's called the No Shame Movement. And so it really is just like, it's about teaching people that like purity culture and modesty culture is actually really harmful. And so the no shame movement exists to teach people that whatever decision they make for themselves and their body is good, whether that be to wait till marriage to have sex or whether that be to wait till you're ready to have sex or whether that be, you know, no matter what age, yeah, have all the sex you want whenever you want it, as long as there's consent, you know, so it's just this different kind of viewpoint of like autonomy is good instead of yeah. purity culture or modesty culture yeah i mean when I, when i look at the close group of friends that i had in bible college i think like jesus i mean i know like just off the top of my head there's like maybe out of there was probably 15 or 20 of us like in my class mm-hmm. and probably over half of those people are now divorced and mm-hmm. i mean just there's just so much so much weirdness like it's just like especially in christianity uh, sexual like sexual sexuality is something that's so like there's just so much shame put Mm -hmm. on expressing your sexuality so there was this twitter account called no shame movement that i think courtney probably started i did not start retweeting no not started you started i'm like like, i cannot out of the three of us here like you started probably like you retweeted it or something (laughs) and then we all kind of started following it and christy actually had to like unfollow it because she was just getting depressed about it i was getting depressed about the um things that women had to go through mm-hmm. like that's specifically who it is i mean there's also men that that um mm-hmm. do tell their stories but it was specifically women the things that they weren't told about their bodies or the the shaming that they felt from like basically childbirth you know and it was so sad and depressing and upsetting to me that i just had to unfollow it i may mean, still completely support it and i think that it's a good um forum for people yeah. I'm sure that it's freeing, but for me, it just made me really upset. It's yeah, it is really hard. To, I'm actually looking through their their timeline right now to try to find some of their stuff. I just wanted to like <clears throat> go back in the past and like take each one of the girls under my wing and teach them. Yeah, I think finally the one the one that like was just like done for me was a woman that was that tweeted that she was never taught like what to do after she has sex and that on her wedding, like her honeymoon or a wedding or whatever, she got a UTI because she wasn't taught like, because I mean, basically you're taught like, don't 
don't ever have sex. Okay, though, now you're supposed to like have a lot of it or whatever. But even like in movies, there's sex that happens and then they're just like laying there in the sheets talking to each other. Yeah. Well, that's not what happens. Nobody's awkwardly <laughs> waddling to the bathroom with a dish towel shut between the legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of that is ever shown or talked about yeah. or whatever. They well, never yeah, talk about who has is, to like, sleep in the wet spot. Because, <laughs> like, because this isn't being talked about in churches and in lots of schools because we live in this whole culture of abstinence only education as well. So Christian kids, culture. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't see a condom until I was 26. I never knew what a condom actually looked like until I was 26 years old because my school was taught abstinence only. So you're taught basically don't have sex until you're married because you can get an STI, you can become pregnant, and if you become pregnant, then that's like a whole nother ostracization that can happen because in the South, it's like Texas is really anti-abortion. So there's like three clinics now that would actually perform an abortion. But um, In all of Texas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole state. That's why that windy lady wore a diaper and talked for hours because that was <laughs> she happening. Filibustered. She filibustered a law that was basically going to restrict access to to clinics that would perform abortions and also other procedures for women who live in these rural communities. Didn't Wendy it end Davis. up passing anyway, though? It ended up passing, yeah. but now she's running for governor of Texas. And I kind of maybe want to move down there just so I can vote. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, like because sex isn't being talked about in a real and actual way, people are learning about it from pornography and they're learning about it from Hollywood. And that's not real sex. It's not real sex. sex. So it's just, yeah, it's even more harmful. And like we claim to be this open society that like embraces these ideals. But when it comes to sex, like we're still very puritanical and like we're very like so uptight like we can't even have the conversation my mom never even talked to me about sex until after i had actually had sex so and that was through an email tell the story tell the story (laughs) um how old were you i was 28 and she knew that you had like a serious boyfriend she knew that i was really interested in this guy because in some conversation i had mentioned that we had really good i said sexual chemistry because i just forgot i was talking to my mom for a second which that will never happen again but she like my family is very like passive when it comes to confrontation and so we just kept talking like i didn't even think about it blah blah blah. right i think it was like you didn't see her asshole tighten up no because we're on the phone like if we were to skype i probably would have been like oh what was that facial situation happening there um and so, like, I think maybe a day or two later, at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, I get this email. Because my mom still lives in Texas, so she's, like, two hours ahead. I get this email, like, some god-awful early hour in the morning. And it's literally the sex talk via email. And it's so shame-based. And it is all about... Did you keep it? Of course I kept it. <laughs> um, I'll try to find it at some point. We'll have thing. a live reading later yeah. on the podcast. For those of you that um, haven't yet learned about sex, yeah. you can learn about it from... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Did you not... Oh, <laughs> yeah, please don't say my mother's name. <laughs> yeah so it was basically like you know you say that um things are getting kind of hot and heavy with this guy and i just kind of want to put my two cents in and and it was so shame-based it was like you have two basically two options like some people wait and like consider the consequences of sex and some people and so they wait and then some people don't and they regret it later and I just was so pissed. I was so pissed because I'm like, there's always an option C. I feel like we're like in life, usually we're given two options and there's mm-hmm. always an option C that nobody right. ever says. And I'm reading through this email and I'm like, option C is they do it and they don't regret it. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. But the sex talk. So I also didn't have the sex talk. This was because my mom didn't really parent me. Okay. And so she was off at like some meeting and I think I was like nine or 10 and 
well, so what had happened, my little sister told my parents that I wanted to know what the word virgin meant because the Madonna song was out. I didn't want to know. And then I got taken into the room. <laughs> what so did they I heard, say virgin meant? A woman or someone who hasn't had sex yet. Okay. And um, I was just like, I didn't want to know. And then Christy wants to know what French kissing means. <laughs> so I got pulled in and then so my dad's like she's asking a lot of questions and so maybe we need to have a sex talk and he was super nervous and I was nervous my mom wasn't there because she told him to do it while she wasn't there and he went boys and girls are different <laughs> and someday you'll know how different you are and when that happens ask your mom that was my sex talk <laughs> <laughs> how old were you eight or eight or nine or ten. Oh my gosh yeah so that was that was the extent so what i'm wondering is the sex talk seems to be like in your culture or christian culture is like shame based absolutely is there ever like a conversation where not like and then this is how you do it do you know what I mean? Like, no, there wasn't there seems in my family. There I'm, there seems sh- I'm sure I, there is somewhere. There needs to be like a healthy. Absolutely. There does need to be, but until open conversation about it. I don't remember how old I was, but I learned about sex from my neighbor. Were you 28? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's how you learned. I, I learned about it from my neighbor. And then I remember the only thing I remember from the talk that I got from my parents was my mom, like awkwardly, uncomfortably close, hunched over me in bed with <gasps> really bad coffee breath. Like, that's the only memory that I have of her telling Do you me remember that. Anything and I remember like just feeling like sex was so gross. Well, yeah, well, it's related to your mom's coffee breath. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's just and close I talking. Think, I mean, God, close probably, talking. Until, close probably until I was like, I was probably 15 or 16 until I actually saw like pornography, mm-hmm. like a moving picture, like a, what's that, a video? <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> moving picture. <laughs> we went down to the picture show and paid a nickel to see a lady in, in, a, in an alley and you put a quarter in <laughs> you and then you wind thing. it up. But uh, I, for the long, probably, like I was embarrassingly old, like probably 15 or 16. And I, I thought that sex was just, just putting it in once. And that was it. Like, that was just sex. <laughs> was, well, the first time, that it probably was. It. <laughs> That's about all you Because of porn? You well, thought that? Or before you, you saw no, it? just because from what I had been told, and then that, that was the only had, understanding. Had you there. masturbated before that? I was, was a late bloomer <laughs> <laughs> to the world. Meaning of, how old? I was probably, like, I was probably mm-hmm. around 15 or 16 to, before I really started masturbating. And mm-hmm. then do you want to tell about that? About masturbating? <laughs> no, no well, like you, because you had you shame in yourself. it. You oh, yes. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah, I felt <laughs> massive guilt about it. Um, and like, like I would, there was a while where I would randomly get like really bad, like sharp pain headaches every time after I would masturbate. And I was 100% convinced that that was God punishing me for masturbating. And then, like, I had – I mean, this was even, like, when I was in Bible college. I had so much guilt about it that I, like, kept – I would try and go as long as I could without masturbating. And, like, every time I would, I would just feel like shit about it for, like, three or four days. And I kept a journal, and I would, like, mark – I had, like, certain little codes for each day for, like, oh, these are the sins that I committed this day. Like, I was, like – I was smoking – a little bit like i was like a social smoker and i had huge guilt about that so i would like anytime i smoked a cigarette i would like put a certain mark in my journal and anytime i masturbated i would put a certain mark in my journal and this was when i mean i was i was like 20 
2021, something like that one. I was so you needed to be, become Catholic because on Sunday you would just wash that all away. <laughs> <laughs> Erasable ink. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, there's it's de- there's definitely a, a lot of like just shame and. Mm-hmm. Did you feel shame masturbating? That. No, because I literally did not even masturbate until I was 26. <gasps> Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh man! And by that time, like I. I feel sad for you guys. <laughs> I just, I, the thing, like, I feel angry. I feel angry. All of that time you could have been... I could have been feeling really great about myself. Yes. And I could have, like... It was... There was, like, so much shame around, like... Just, like, body image and, like, not being good enough and not being picked by a man and, like, being single and... And, ha- like, and feeling like that was supposed to be a good thing because you could spend more time with Jesus. And, like, I'm supposed to be excited about that when I'm, like, I really just want a boyfriend. And But, like, moving up here, I found a really great therapist. And it took us, like, a year before we even started talking about sexuality and, and things like that. So by the time I got to that point, like, I had no shame in it. I had, like, I had started rethinking everything. Like, if I don't... I don't know if I believe in marriage. So what does it mean to wait till you're married to have sex when you don't believe in marriage? Mm -hmm. And how do couples who are not allowed to be married, like how do they commit that part of themselves to each other? And so like then everything was open. So I'm like, what have I been taught about masturbation? And what do I feel like I have been taught is actually true for me? And what do I feel like isn't true for me? Because my sex ed was taught from like a very white male perspective. And so when I'm taught that like, masturbation is bad because you need some image in front of you and then that's idolatry or that's lusting after this person and that's that's a sin then i started thinking like well is masturbation actually a sin if you don't need a picture in front of you if it literally is just about feeling goodness from your body Mm -hmm. and i'm like no (laughs) so yeah i was about i was 26 before i got to that point where i was like this wow. is good and I don't feel shame about it. And actually I want to tell everybody and well, I didn't tell everybody. But <laughs> his mom doesn't need to know that. No. But yeah. I mean, I, my therapist was amazing and he told me about um, a couple of stores and I had some really great girlfriends that would go with me to like Babeland, and I bought my first vibrator and saw a condom for the first mm-hmm. time. And like, I really owe a lot to the people that work there because they just took all the shame out of it for me. Like, I mean, I was red from like the neck to the hairline. I was like, if you've never done anything before, where do you start? Yeah. And they go, well, what do you mean haven't done anything? And I go, nothing. Yeah. And they're like, well, here's some really wonderful I books. shower down there and that's about it. I don't <laughs> never touch it other yeah. than that. I'm like, there's no sexual pleasure happening. Yeah. It's just cleanliness. Yeah. They're like, here's some books over here. And I'm like, obviously you can tell I'm an academic. And so <laughs> like bought a couple of books and had just really great conversations with girlfriends. And like, that's kind of how it all started for me. I was, I was also a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. So no, I didn't feel any shame when I started masturbating. I didn't feel any shame at all. I felt like empowered and I felt strong and, great <laughs> so that's my story about that do you guys want to talk about losing your virginity yeah <laughs> do we need to take a break and then come back or sure. just go into it now take a break okay come up with a funny song to play hey, virgin. oh virgin i made it through the wilderness we're back (laughs) i had one quick comment and i don't really know how to phrase it but to me being an outsider of this Mm -hmm. whole kind of mindset and 
of course I grew up with people that also grew up in, Mm -hmm. in that way. So to me, it seems that you guys, this culture spends an awful lot of time obsessing about sex, Yep, talking about how you're not going to have it and not to do it and to wait till marriage and have a lot of shame around it Mm -hmm. and always assume that anytime people are together, they're going to like have these giant orgies Mm -hmm. and that men and women shouldn't be alone together because that's the first thing they're going to do. And it just seems so weird that the, they're completely obsessed about sex. That's what it feels like Mm -hmm. to me. I think it's, yeah, it's, that's exactly what it's like. So yes. Um, And I think it's also based on a lot of assumptions of how assumptions of stereotypes of how men are, all men are this way and all women are this way. And so there's never a conversation about it. There's never like, like uh, conversations with partners are, it's still very new to me to be able to say like, I don't even know. There's, that's a horrible example. Cause I don't know what to say after that. Um, well, like I was always basically told that because I'm a woman, I'm not, I don't base, I don't have a sex drive. Like it was, it was, unconsciously taught to me that I don't have a sex drive and that sex is basically for the husband in the relationship, which is so heteronormative that it just is gross. And that he gets to decide when it happens. And yes. that you're just and then as to- a woman, I'm supposed to submit and have sex with him whenever he wants. It was so what never a conversation have of like a sex drive as a woman in that culture. Then like for me, like I felt dirty and disgusting. Like I found pornography at a young age and I thought I was like the worst person in the world. And like, felt so much shame around it. But at the same time, like if you're not letting me talk about this part of myself, if you're basically telling me to ignore it, that it doesn't exist, there has to be an outlet somewhere. There has to be some sort of release. Valve. I'm surprised I didn't find masturbation. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I probably would have exploded. Jesus, <laughs> I probably would have died. Um, but there has to be some way for that to come out. And if you're not letting it come out in a healthy like self building way, then it's going to come out in a way that's harming and shameful to the person. So like as a woman who has a a high sex drive, like I just felt like shit. I felt like I was the lowest form of the low. I felt like I was deformed in some way because I felt like I, at some point I'm sure I wondered if I was actually a man because of how like high my sex drive was, but, Mm -hmm. and maybe it wasn't that high, but it was the fact that I wasn't even allowed to talk about it that just made it felt like the giant elephant in the room. So yeah, but it's definitely a culture and then you of felt like, shame. Like people know I'm thinking. About absolutely. This. Yeah. I'm like, you can totally read my mind. Yeah. Can't you I have sex written across my face? Don't I? Um, yeah. It's, I yeah. was honestly the other way around when in my marriage yeah. and it caused huge problems. Mm-hmm. I had a really relatively low sex drive, at least compared to what I was told I was supposed to have right. <laughs> and what my friends claimed to have or whatever. Yeah. And, and it was, yeah, it became this weird thing because my wife felt like she couldn't initiate sex and it's just because she has that period because culture. it's the man's job yeah. to do it. Yeah. 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 And it's just weird. I, I just think that I, I always go back to like, I, I'm not surprised that like the divorce rate is just the same or higher in Christian churches yeah. as it is in, the secular world or whatever, because mm-hmm. I mean, you have this, like you go from living in an environment where like 
not on, like probably the only women, unless you are a sinner, the only women that you've ever lived with are your mom and your sisters, yeah. <laughs> or like family. You go from that to all of a sudden living together with your wife every single day. Yeah. And you're both basically teenagers because you're like in your 20s. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah. in your 20s. You've never had sex before, theoretically, in your entire life. And then all of a sudden you jump into like sleeping together every night and all this yeah. like... Yeah, it doesn't surprise it's, me that people's, mm-hmm. especially in Christianity, the first couple of years of marriage is so yeah. difficult. The I heard that the divorce, like at my school specifically, from what I heard, the divorce rate is actually higher than the national average because people literally get married just so they can have sex. Yes. And then they get divorced and then it doesn't well, that's matter. something that's taught. I mean, people, they, yeah. people teach that from the Bible. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, um there's actually a professor at Seattle Pacific University and she is doing a lot of work around sexuality and Christianity and like how we can have better conversations and how we can teach sexuality in a healthy way. And one of the statistics she came across is that people who actually grow up women specifically who grow up in a purity culture, like we do in the South specifically, I speak from that language because that's mm-hmm. what I know. Erased it. Yeah. But like people who grew up in the purity culture, um, women tend to actually exhibit the same signs as other women who have been sexually abused or assaulted. Um, and it just made me so sad. Like we're trying to do something that's, we're, we're taught that this is a good thing, but the consequences are actually like so harmful and so like just completely degrading and, it hurts relationships and it hurts individuals. And I just don't understand why we can't just talk about sex in like an open and honest way. Like I always felt like it was this like secret club that married people got to talk about sex, but mm-hmm. married people would never no. talk to single people about sex because then single people would go out and have sex. But do you think that married Christian people get or go around and talk about sex with each other as well? Sometimes, but like we were talking about earlier, not, not on the podcast, like you, they, they go from sex being something that's taboo to like, like at least I can speak from the male perspective. It goes from it goes from like you know n- not sexualizing women because you're not supposed to do that because they're your sisters in Christ or whatever. To then you have a wife and then like it, it's it's almost like glorified to like sexualize them and, and them. turn turn them into an object. And I mean like it's it's like a a joke. It's to the point where it's a joke for a lot of people where where these like douchebag pastors are always talking about their smoking hot wife. And it's like I mean like my friend my friend goes to a church. Um, that like is around here. That's a, a pretty big church. And um, the, I went to the pastor's like website because my friend posted some blog post or something. And, and literally like it, it just said, Oh, this is the blog of pastor. So-and-so of such and such a church uh, who is very proud to say he has like the hottest wife in the church or something like that. Like, and that's, and that was the only so gross. That was, Oh, it was like, yeah. The, uh, dad, father and husband, to the the hottest woman in church or something like that and it's just like so gross because that was all it said about her that that was all that was said on like the, she didn't even get a on name. the church website yeah. it she wasn't even her name. name or like hot maybe hot, some comma, of the other is her name <laughs> she <What? did. laughs> it's just like yeah well i feel like that's kind of damaging to both to yeah, both gen- absolutely then you have these single males that are at church and that's all that they want That's the only thing they're now looking for in this future wife Mm -hmm. is someone that is hot. Yeah. 
Are you getting me on what I'm talking? Who I'm talking about right now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that'll be really helpful for everybody listening on the podcast. <laughs> so, I just thank want you, you for to, vocalizing. I was, that. I was yeah. confused, and I'm looking at you. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. He knows. He knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm talking about my friend that attends the church that I was just talking about. <laughs> just nod your head, Christy. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know. Um, you know. <laughs> No, on. Jessica, you know. <laughs> Jessica knows. <laughs> but <laughs> wow. Shout out to Jessica. What up, girl? <laughs> um, yeah, so then that that just well, we well, somehow also, just managed to alienate the 15 people that actually listen <laughs> yeah, to our sorry. podcast for, tweet me and i'll tell for, you for the tweet sake me of and the i'll one. tell you <laughs> well, well that's a biblical thing though what it's, well we left the flock for the sake of the one we <laughs> oh left my the gosh. flock of listeners for well, the sake of the one listener. moving on <laughs> let, me, let me also tell you is like the way that you guys were raised or in this culture where you're told at a young age like you're not supposed to have that sex don't think about Courtney and her boobs sitting right there and don't think about like the things that you naturally want to do to her. Can you not use me as an example? <laughs> I'm just saying like, but you know what the first thing that like, all those boys want to do? Those like... boys first want to think about her boobs. Like saying, don't look at this. Don't do this. Don't think about women that way. That's mm-hmm. the first thing they want to do. And they want to find out why are these adults telling me not to do that? And that's the first thing that happens. Because to me, um, learning about sex on the playground or whatever or what figuring it i mean like that's how kids learn about it maybe what not in playground texas. were you hanging out on not one in texas that's what happens if your parents don't tell you about it you're like that you just learn about that in like that's school true. and the playground and neighbors and whatever and like you guys were kind of taught don't think about these things that you want to do and have urges and it's sinful and i didn't even like think about having those desires or whatever because mm-hmm. I wasn't told to not do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like don't touch, don't touch that button right there, and then walk away for <laughs> ten years. Well, what the fuck? I want to touch it. What happens if I touch the button? Yeah. What if I just kind of like shake it around? Like, oops, it falls over. I mean, like even you with Ellie yesterday. Don't touch the building. Don't touch the building. Like, what does she want to do? She oh, wants yeah. to touch it and think it's funny. Like that's what happens. Yeah. But of course, I was like French kissing boys at like eight and nine years old. So no, maybe that wasn't such a good example. It's not my experience. <laughs> I think not I saw my, my first like penis in real life when I was in second grade. Are you serious? Yeah. That's what apartment kids do. Oh my gosh. That's, show me yours. I'll show you mine. That kind of thing. That's, that makes me nervous. No, to self never get an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> apartment kids. Apartment kids, bus kids. That's what happens. Latchkey kids. Yeah. Latchkey kids. That's really what it is. Latchkey apartment not kids. my experience we were, as a latchkey kid. You didn't... Um, Dry hump each other and call it reindeer games? Nope. Oh, wow. In your Lamborghini waterbed? Oh, that just me? Just me? (laughs) Just you, but I support you in your exploratory experience of life. (laughs) So obviously I was masturbating a lot. A lot sooner than 26. (laughs) At a young age and a a lot. (laughs) Awesome. No shame in that. Good. It's awesome. Okay. So now let's talk about losing your virginity because you both did before marriage. I'm going to do a really bad job of telling the story because I had blocked out large portions of my life (laughs) and uh, honestly can't remember very much, but I'll do my best. You know the gist of it, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we want positions and like (laughs) things you said to each other, just like your story. So 
Jeremy, how about you go first? Okay. How old were you first? I think I was 17 or 18. Okay. Yeah. You go you go first then. Okay. <laughs> I was going to do it by age of how old how how old you are. Got it. Got it. And well and my first he would still win. <laughs> yeah, but I was 16, so I was going to Oh. <laughs> my first kiss was when I was 16. Like my first real. Oh yeah, that bartender. Yes, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, she wasn't a bartender at the time. Oh, okay. She's actually a girl that I met in youth group. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we. She kissed me, and then she immediately. I like freaked out because I was super awkward and uncomfortable. Cause and I had never, a boner. Homeschool. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- because I'd never kissed a girl, let alone like tongue kiss. And, uh, and she, so I was just like freaking out and then she's like, Oh my God, I corrupted you. And then she just ran out of my room and that was the last time I ever kissed her. Yeah. You had a girl in your room? Oh yeah. I had a sweet room too. It was kind of like, looking back on it, it's, it was wasted on the fact that I, (laughs) (laughs) that I didn't. Too bad I didn't live next door to you. I would have ruined (laughs) you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I could have moved my waterbed in. been fine. (laughs) I had a big couch, also, TV up there. What? All sorts of... Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Hell, it's, man. It's sweet bachelor pad. Just nicer than any apartment I've had since. <laughs> <laughs> Did Jessica have a cool room like that? Yeah, no, no. I So me and Jessica had rooms side by side, and they were pretty boring and like straight rooms. But then I moved upstairs to when like a to finished college, attic right? and it was like a much bigger space it was like a loft yeah, yeah. yeah like mike siever above the garage the only awkward part was that yeah. it didn't have a door like the it, you went down this big stair so it was you had privacy like people couldn't look in but there was no door to like block out sound or anything and i was right down the hall from my parents Uh-oh. who had a really shitty like hollow core door and a waterbed and a very healthy sex life <laughs> yeah yeah and apparently well, really liked good. tickling because there was oh, always lots no. of giggling and laughing and whatnot like my parents used to always or my friends used to always joke about how they probably walked in on my parents having sex more more than their own parents <laughs> my parents would always be like grabbing each other and making out and stuff and be like what would you rather have us fighting all the time <laughs> i think it's cute that's a good point i think it's cool yeah. yeah i laughed when i moved out because i when i moved out of my my parents house i, I pretty much imagine the second the door slammed my dad just probably stripped down naked and went to tackle <laughs> my mom or something because we literally like we packed up all my stuff it was with my friend quote-unquote dan that we talked about on the last episode and we like we had packed up all my stuff put it in the car drove off we got like four blocks down the house and i realized that i left like a box or something and so i had to come back and so i came back and like the door was immediately locked i didn't <laughs> i didn't have keys because i had like moved out of my parents house and they were selling the house anyway and so i like knocked on the door and my dad didn't answer and finally he comes up like with no shirt on and just his jeans and answers the door and he opens it up real quick. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> I was like, I, I left something here and he begrudgingly opens yeah. the door. He's like, go get it. He's like, I was getting a sweet BJ. And you just, <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. That, that was, that's the blowjobs too. Yeah. They that's do. healthy. Don't laugh about it. I know, no, but it's no. just so weird. As a dad, I, they do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, um, so yeah, so, first kiss so, so i uh this girl like i don't think we were even technically dating at the time we were what i call fake dating which is something that i've done a lot of in my life um <laughs> which means you like you wouldn't basically tell- go through all the motions of dating like you hang out you're like physically affectionate like hold hands whatever cuddle. behind doors though yeah yeah not to your friends semi-secretly but you're not really like talking about like this is my girlfriend and whatever whatever and um um 
part of that was because I originally met her through another friend and was introduced to her as the girl that my friend had a crush on and oh, then no. me and her kind of ended up like whatever um oops yeah yeah but then later on actually me and him compared notes and found out that she was also doing the same thing with him so <laughs> good on her yeah, yeah. yes good for her <laughs> girl be working it yeah. <laughs> so uh she anyway. was not ashamed she was not right. ashamed no shame in that game yeah none so hope. she was always like like i mentioned earlier i kind of have like a at least in my experience, like lower sex drive than a lot of people that I've met. And, um, uh, and so, and also I had huge amounts of like guilt about what we were doing. And I like felt like felt bad about it. Um, and felt a lot of shame about it. And so like, she was always kind of like pushing to like do more, like make out and then like sometimes touch her boobs and, like over the shirt or under? Under the shirt. Oh. Well, both. Both, but one leads to the other. And how old were you? 16? 17? Yeah, probably 16 or probably 17. Okay. I want to say either 17 or 18 because it was like pretty close before I moved out. And I moved out right when I turned 19. So. Okay. Um. So anyway, we were like doing that one time up in my room uh, on my bed and it just like continually like escalated from one thing to another, I guess. And then, um, she was like, Oh, I'm trying to remember how it started. She basically, we, at some point, like she just kind of took my pants off and she was wearing like a skirt or whatever. And then it just kind of started happening. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. Like I'm really uncomfortable with it. And I kept on kind of trying to like squirm out from underneath her. But then at the same time, like it was happening and it was really like, Mm -hmm. but I like literally the whole time was just like, I don't want to be doing this. Like I don't. And she was like, like, no, come on. We need to like kind of kept on pressuring me into it. And honestly, looking back on it, like it was pretty Pretty rapey. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and I felt so gross about it, like, the entire time it was happening. Um, And then then, uh, after we were, like, done... I um and I didn't like pull out or anything and we weren't using protection because oh, like yeah, as a Christian if you're using protection like that means that you actually plan ahead to sin and yeah. so <laughs> you can't like so fucked up. you wouldn't want to have and any you, condoms like, finished, on hand. finished finished yeah 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 <gasps> so you That's came scary. inside of her yes can yes. we say that on the podcast <laughs> no 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 yeah we really want to earn <laughs> we really want to earn that explicit text. yeah um uh so well considering yeah anyway um. <laughs> I can't remember if the butt sex with Jesus part was during the oh pre-recording part. Or yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah. So I, ca- I came inside of her and um, uh, immediately started panicking. Um, luckily at the time, I had my good friends, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, uh, from listening to Loveline yeah. <laughs> all the time. And so I knew about Plan B. And uh, we immediately went and got Plan B. And... Um, which even that in and of itself was just like a huge, like I had so much, like it just felt like I was doing something so gross and so wrong. And, uh, I spent the next three weeks just in full on panic mode, convinced that she was pregnant and that like, like did you keep I fake dating her. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then wow. you, did you, but have we didn't any more ever do anything like that ever again. Even make out or any, we made out. Yeah. Any yeah. boob touching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I mean, like I literally for the next three weeks, like pretty much 
I would um, like Luke Burbank um, on his Luke uh, is another podcast guy that we listened to and he got somebody pregnant when he was first like time he had 16 sex. yeah and, and he was talking about how um he would like like have a hard time sleeping right and then he would fall asleep and then he would wake up in the morning and he would just have like a, a moment right when he woke up where everything would feel normal and then like this like dread would like be, like, be oh, on him yeah. and like oh this is the reality of my situation because he didn't and, like, tell his parents until she was almost due because he was oh. he was he was raised christian mm-hmm basically the similar he was homeschooled for a while went to this like christian school and the first time he had sex got her pregnant um and she lived in the same situation and then he didn't tell him until it was like almost when she was due because he kept thinking like maybe it will just go away yeah he's just like maybe jesus will take it away like it'll just go you know not happen i went through that when i got my daughter's mom pregnant (laughs) (laughs) but but uh that's a whole nother story, but this, um, so yeah, so I was like for, I think I want to say it was like three weeks until she started her period. And I was just convinced that, that she was pregnant and like that was going to be like God's way of punishing me for having sex before marriage, which that whole thing is super fucked up. And thank God that there wasn't a child born into that. Yeah, oh that would have been wonderful for that child to experience all dad's angst. But, um, I remember like, I just remember like getting up in the morning and just feeling dread. I, I never told my parents. I don't think I still think that they don't know. <laughs> but hi mom, if you're listening. Um <laughs> and I just I, remember I don't like think Jessica si- knows, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> really Jessica. listens. Um, so, uh I just re- I remember like being in the shower and just like just like curling up in a ball on the floor of the shower and just sobbing and like crying and praying to God, like, please, like I'll never touch another girl again. I'll never do it. I'll never masturbate again. I'll never like it. Like I'll just make it so she's not pregnant. Like, because it just felt like if she was to get pregnant, like my whole world would have come to an end. And I just felt like so gross about what I had done and had so, yeah, it was, it was just a horrible Horrible negative experience. Go ahead. Did she also uh, get rapey with your the other guy? Yeah. And she did the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the crazy part is when, I, when, I got, when I got married, she was actually kind no. of like still in the same no. community that um, – that, uh, uh, with all the like church friends that me and my uh, now ex-wife were. And she like – contacted my she contacted my now ex-wife when we first started like dating and said like stay away from him he's a bad person like he did all the shitty stuff to me or whatever <laughs> yeah awesome she sounds like a really good person yeah 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 she's wow. a y-whammer oh oh and that's the weird part because we saw her at brunch when we went for your birthday she was sitting at the table next to us oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god because he goes oh weird uh we have to go that's the girl that i had sex with and then like we just ran out <laughs> so you didn't see her till like the end of breakfast yeah oh okay good yeah i'm like why didn't you tell me before we could have oh, gone I anywhere would've. else okay yeah. <laughs> it was really weird it was towards the end anyway oh my gosh it's like oh, time to go yeah to seriously go. <laughs> oh right now your story okay mine's kind of the exact opposite right because it was a really awesome positive experience um because well i was 28 so you know had that going for me um 
And then again, just like really kind of unraveling a lot of things in therapy and with friends and, and just feeling really like affirmed in who I am as a person and, and feeling like kind of autonomous as a human being and feeling like I can make these decisions for myself and, and not having any shame about it. Um, I had planned a trip with a couple of girlfriends over, um, a school break that I had in grad school and we were going to Ireland and it was like my dream trip. And so, um, I, do you want like just like a really quick summary or do you want the whole story? As much as you want to tell. I mean, I, I tell, I'll tell the whole story. So we, um, at one point in the trip, one of our friends, um, she kind of went on her own little adventure to Galway and me and my best friend, we went to a little town, uh, called Kilkenny and, uh, we stayed there for a couple nights. And so the first night we went out, cause like basically when you're, in, when you're in Ireland, sorry, when I'm in Ireland, mm-hmm. all I do is drink and sleep evidently. So, um, we kind of became this nocturnal pair. So we would like kind of nap during the day we would get up and we go to get dinner and then we would come back and we would get ready and then we would go out to like a bar or something. And so our first night in Kilkenny, um, we found this bar that was doing karaoke and my friend and I both really loved to sing. And so we went to karaoke and I like, I specifically remember my therapy appointment before I left for my trip. And like, as I'm walking out the door, cause we were talking about sexuality again. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much prepared to have a one night stand. And my therapist goes, what? And I'm like, yeah, you heard me. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to have sex in Ireland. And he just kind of laughed as I was walking out the door. And so we're at this bar in Kilkenny and, um, we like, she had me sing a song and then she sang a song. And then one of the, the guy that was running it found out that we were both from Texas. And so he made us come up and like sing some sort of Texas song. And, um, a couple of the locals were like line dancing in front of us. And it was just very surreal. And there was a couple of guys at the bar that I thought were really cute. And the thing is like, I suck at initiation, but my friend is like the best wing woman you could ever have in any situation. And so she goes over to start talking to these guys and I'm standing at the table, like across the bar from these people. And this other guy is kind of like standing at the table. And so he and I strike up a conversation and, um, he (laughs) invites me back to his house to listen to records. And he like kind of stepped in close to me and he goes, do you want to come back to my place and listen to music? And I just kind of smirked at him and I was like, we're not really going to listen to music, are we? And he goes, no, we're not. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And so (laughs) I think his name was Colin. Like he was really drunk. So like, I don't, and he was Irish, so he had an accent. And so mm-hmm. I don't really know what his name was, but I went home with him and it was a good experience. And I, like, I always felt like I wanted to be honest with whoever it was who I was having sex with for the first time. And so I told him like, I want you to know I'm a virgin. And he was like, are you okay with this? And I was like, yes, that's why I'm here in your bed. <laughs> I was like, nice of him to ask. Yeah. I'm like, that's really nice. And I'm here on my own accord. So <laughs> right. yes, I am definitely okay with this. And we use protection because that's not, that's a non-negotiable for me with, with partners. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience. Like I literally, <laughs> I remember at one point, like this feels so weird saying this out loud. <laughs> like he was inside of me and I was just like, I can't believe I waited so long. This feels so <laughs> awesome. Like, <laughs> I love sex. This is great. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good night. I literally like, I still to this day, like can't believe I did that. <laughs> like, but yeah, that was, 
That was so I lost my virginity. And Which, you didn't have any like, you didn't feel gross about it later no. or anything like that. If it would have been a year before, you wouldn't have even gone to his house. No. Well, I might have gone to his house, but I probably would have been like, I'm not ready to to have sex, yeah, but like we can out. fool around and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so because at that point, like I'd seen penis before, I'd fooled around with guys. I just hadn't mm-hmm. had like P and the V sex yeah. intercourse, whatever. So. I have like a cramp in my calf happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like no shame in it. No, like left the next morning. And the, like the bad thing is my friend and I were like, we didn't really plan for this. <laughs> and so she had the only key to the room we were staying in. <laughs> and so literally at six in the morning, I'm just like wandering around this like small town Ireland. And it's like, <laughs> I have no idea where I'm at. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just kind of here like there was a castle so i like went to the castle and was like walking around in the castle grounds and i'm like i've got to i gotta find a way to get back it's 6 a.m i'm tired and i really have to pee like i really gotta be um yeah and so like i finally found this hotel that was like down the street from where she and i were staying and i had breakfast and used the bathroom and like then like walked back out to our place and i was like yelling up at our window at like eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> friend friend and she finally like came down and was like oh my god where have you been so worried i'm like i didn't know how to get a hold of you like i don't have a phone <laughs> like there's no way to contact you so um that part like we were literally talking about it last night i'm like we probably could have planned that a little bit better she's like we could have planned in general and that probably would have turned out better but um yeah so that was my yeah i I and then didn't you follow it up the next day <laughs> with someone else? Yes. <laughs> I love you. Open the floodgates. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, so like the next night we were still, it was our last night in Kilkenny and we went back to the same bar um, because she, like the guys that I initially thought were cute, she went back because to find them, like she had made friends with them that night and she basically hung out with them that night. Um and they just like showed her around because she's married and so and she like made it known that she was married and no shenanigans was going to happen and they were like that's totally awesome so they just like took her under their wing and was just showing her the town and um so we went back to the same karaoke pl- or the place that we were at the night before but they didn't have karaoke this time and we were like waiting for her friend and he didn't show up and so we ended up talking to these other two guys who were there for like a bachelor party they call a stag night mm-hmm. and um i was talking to this one who was like serious so drunk like could not understand a word he was saying um but i, I made know. out with him <laughs> for a while because <laughs> i'm in ireland what the hell um and he invited me back to his place but i was like you're not gonna remember me in the morning <laughs> you're not gonna remember this and, moment in the morning he was like yeah, it will. That, i'm like no he's not gonna be working and, yeah and you yeah, might not yeah. make it home yeah. right yeah <laughs> and i remember like when we went out that like before we even left that night i was like i don't think i want to go home with anyone tonight and she was like okay like she was super supportive of who i am and like what i wanted to to like experience and um and so then this guy i was like you're not gonna remember me and he was like oh and i'm like no you won't and so i feel so bad because his mates had all left and then like he's hanging out there with me and then i was like no i'm gonna go and he's like oh like, <laughs> like i felt kind of bad about that and so she and i like not left problem. not my problem <laughs> obviously i've moved on but she and i left and we went to another bar and it just felt really fancy and we were just like this isn't our scene and so we left and when we left, we started walking down the street. We ran into these guys and they were like, Hey, have, have you seen this one place? And we were like, yeah, we just left there. It's like kind of fancy. And they're like, Oh, well, we're meeting our friends there. You guys should come along with us. And we're like, okay, because they too were there for a stag night, totally different stag night. So in one night we've met up with two different bachelor parties. And so we hang out with this guy. I think his name was Steven. 
and Stephen's getting married and it's like all of his friends who are in the Irish Navy together. So it's like a buffet. Ireland has a Courtney. Navy? Evidently. I don't know. Oh. They might Cute. have lied. You know what? I've never even looked it up, so this could be a total <laughs> lie. They might have just totally bullshitted me because I was some American tourist. I don't even care because it was a great night. I'm like, okay. So we walk in and Stephen was like, let me introduce you to the most romantic man in Ireland. My friend goes, well, I'm married, but my friend Courtney is single. And he goes, Courtney, you need to meet my friend Jamie. And I was like, okay. And so Jamie and I literally just like, I don't even know if we actually talked, but we definitely like made out for the rest of the night, like in just really inappropriate times and places <laughs> with no shame whatsoever and complete disregard to whoever was around us. <laughs> and I that still, kind like, of is like New Year's a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was, you know, was very similar to that. Um, yeah. And like there were a couple of things that happened with some of the other guys, like just really like one guy would like. He was trying to hit on me and then he mentioned his girlfriend and I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, just because I'm an American, you think I'm just going to go home with you? And he was like, well, I don't know, whatever. And then like at one point he put his hand on my butt and I was like, oh, is that your hand on my butt? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know, maybe. I'm like, is it really? Is your, your hand on my butt right now? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah, that's my hand. And I go, did you ask permission to touch my butt? And he goes, what? And I'm like, you didn't ask permission to touch me. So you need to get your hand off before I break your arm. And he was like, what? And I'm like, don't touch me. Like, do you still have a girlfriend that you had five minutes ago? Don't touch me. You're such an asshole. And then I went back over and made out with Jamie. Um, and then like, we went to another bar and like, yeah, long story short, Jamie and I hooked up that night and I'm not even in the bathroom of the hostel. Uh, so, right? <laughs> that's my favorite part <laughs> like multiple times right <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes uh so jamie and i'm coming uh, back there's probably a lot like, of that shit going on in hostels <laughs> it wasn't a hostel like we didn't stay at a hostel like we randomly like found this this older gentleman he was like we were we had our backpacks on. He was like, "Oh, are you guys looking for a place to stay?" And we were like, "Yeah, do you know where the hostel is?" And he was like, "Well, my wife rents rooms above this pizza shop." do you want to go see it? We're like, yeah, sure. Like, of course, like not even thinking like maybe his wife is going to kill us yeah. <laughs> or he will. And he right? has no wife. Right. And it was like, did I say above my pizza shop? I meant in the shed in my backyard. <laughs> right. But it was legit. It was above a pizza shop. There was a window and like, it was like 15 bucks a night and we had our own bathroom. And so we were like, done, do it. So it had like a queen size bed and a set of bunk beds. So Jamie and his friend came back with us that night and we were all just hanging out and then all of a sudden somebody turned the lights out and then Jamie and I were naked and then <laughs> he was like, I'm going to go in the bathroom and I think you should follow me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so he went to the bathroom and I was like, I'll be right back you guys. And then I went into the bathroom and then it's a lot like Boy Scouts. <laughs> no, it's nothing like Boy Scouts. Turn the lights out. Somebody gets naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, and, and I, like he just straight up walked in there naked and i'm like i'm not that confident so i like wrapped up in the comforter of the bed and i walked into the bathroom and that was like spread on the floor and we just had some fun a few times nice yep that was vacation sex <laughs> yeah i like it. yeah so, but here's the thing like it's now it's set me up to like every time i go on vacation i'm expecting some sort of <laughs> shenanigans <laughs> and that is not the case <laughs> whatever so yeah that was the first time i had sex there you go hi mom <laughs> stories you will never hear did you have any final thought how what, what yeah no we can we're good we can button it up button this shit up all right 
Much like you, guys- you probably buttoned up your shirt after having sex for the first time. Segway. No. No. What? No. no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Is there anything? Did you have some final thoughts on all of this? People sure that are interested in learning more about, like, like the No Shame. What's the what's their Twitter handle? Oh you can shit! Get that I gotta out. look it up. It's um, like at No Shame Movement, or I don't know. I think it's No Shame M O V. I'll put it in the uh, I'll put it in the notes for the show. I'll find it and put it in there so you guys go check that out because it's actually it's it'll op- pretty legit. It'll open your eyes, yeah. Um, yeah, it's N O S H A M M O V. Sorry, wow, N O S H A M E M O V. Um, and they also have a Tumblr that they'll link to from their from their Twitter account. Yeah. Um, and they yeah they have people write in their stories and and share their stories and stuff. It's pretty awesome. If by awesome. awesome you mean kind of depressing and sad. <laughs> well, sometimes they have stories about like how people have overcome it and how they've yeah, like true. come to their own like autonomous decisions about sex and sexuality. But also, I mean, just because it's it is kind of sad, but at the same time, it's eye opening and it's I think it's Absolutely. helpful for a lot of people to realize mm-hmm. like, oh hey, I don't. Sometimes when I see stuff like that, it helps me because I realize I'm not the only one that got <laughs> fucked up and trapped in all this right. like weird no, guilt, shame stuff around yeah. sexuality and everything else. So yeah, it's helpful. Um, did you want to give out your any like people or Twitter or anything, or is this on the down low? No, totally. Um, I don't know my Twitter handle though. C um, yeah, C Dub Thirty C D U B Three Zero. And you're not even private anymore. I'm so not even private anymore. Follow, yeah, you. they can totally follow because I like my picture isn't actually of it's like of my shadow, and then I don't have my my name on there anymore. So I just made it public, and I'm the same thing like on Instagram it. too. I think but the Instagrams that is private because I do post my face when I take my selfies. <laughs> and you can find Christy at Kissy Eyes K I S S I E Y E S on Twitter and the Instagrams. <laughs> and we're at Nerd Out Loud Pod on the Twitter. So, uh, and I still haven't made us a website, but you never know. What the maybe, hell? maybe one of these days, maybe one of these days I'll get around to it. <laughs> but thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, let your nerd flag fly. Nope. <laughs> let I your like nerd that. flag fly. <laughs> what do you say, no? He's supposed to say it in like the nerdy voice. <laughs> your nerd flag fly (laughs) (laughs) oh that's gonna be in there (laughs) i think we're ready yeah i would throw this at you if the dog would yeah that's really gross